okay. <clears throat> you want to do this today? Yeah, I'll do it. Um, <clears throat> I was realizing it'd been a while since I have done the introduction. Yeah, um, and I don't mind, but you know. No, that's good. You know how much I like to talk. <laughs> okay, we'll get it started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Belgariad and Beyond podcast. We are talking about Pawn of Prophecy, the first book in the Bulgariad series. My name is Alicia, and I'm here with Sandra today, again, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. How are you doing, Sandra? Um, I'm a bit out of breath because I forgot my water bottle and I had to go down the stairs and, and then, you know, had to pee because of the water and, and then I had to run back up the stairs. So. <laughs> And I'm ready for chapter 16. I know, chapter 16 already. I was looking at the book as I was reading it this morning, like, dang, we're so close to the end. Yeah, yeah. it's like that. It's, it's deceptive, though, when you're reading a series. You might be close to the end, but because there's still, like, four books left to get to the end of the story, you, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, you hope that each book has sort of a satisfying conclusion. <laughs> well, especially when you're reading the books and the next one hasn't come out yet, which is the yeah. case when I first read yeah. this series, we had to wait a year for the next book to come out. Like, you know, yeah, that's the worst. <sighs> that's so hard. And I but can thankfully yeah. they're all published now, so I don't have to wait. Exactly. What's your potion like this week, darling? Mm, okay, so. I put perfectly imperfect and sweet tonic and like the perfectly imperfect phrases in my head just because of that, that I brought her up a while ago, this woman I, who is like, um, what do you call those? She's a nutritionist, but she's like all like natural. Um, a naturopath or? Yeah, kind of like that, like a holistic approach to all of, of, of eating and stuff. But wow. her book just came out a new book with a bunch of new recipes that I can't wait to get, but it's titled uh, something about perfectly imperfect. So it was in my head. And I'm like, that actually really applies to me this week because um, I don't ever like associate with being perfect in any way. I don't like to, I like to be imperfect. Um, But I've been doing a lot of writing still. I'm writing the next book in um, the Raven dreams series. And so that's been like really amazing to get further into that world after so long. And then because I'd been, you know, so engulfed in this world again, and I know, I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but a while back I decided to, to stop the podcast I'm doing on my own, the story guide podcast, because it was getting all over the place. It was like, I didn't know what, I, what the point of it was in, uh, I didn't really like the direction it was going. So I'm like, I need to just take a break from it. But what came to me was, and, and I think this podcast here was kind of an inspiration too, is I decided to start doing my own recordings where I'm going to go chapter by chapter through my book, The Raven Dreams on my podcast. 
but on there I'm actually like reading each chapter and then having a small discussion about I it. I love this kind of podcasts. Well, I mean, yeah. of course I love them. I started <laughs> with you, but I love, you know, especially when you have the internal, like the, the, the author talking about stuff because you get all of those layers behind mm-hmm. the, the, the creation. And I love that. Yeah. So I have three episodes recorded so far and it's been so fun. Like part of the reason I thought of this is because I needed to reread the book to refresh myself, to keep writing the series. Yeah. So then I was like, why not do it this way? And that way it's like a, you know, so yeah, yeah. don't waste, do not waste your creative juice, darling, drip that stuff all (laughs) into the potion and drink it up. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been a really a lot of fun. And like I've already learned so much just from the first three chapters of re- reading it. Like, and wow. That's so not cool. just how far I've come, but like that this book was a lot of the darkness in me at that time in my life. So now I'm seeing like the the dark and the light contrast of myself. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, magical in its own way. That's so, cool. Yeah, it's been really cool. And then the last thing I just have to add in here uh-huh. is that <clears throat> The movie The Matrix, okay? Yes, like classic for all time. Yeah, so when it first came out, I remember Nathan was like so obsessed. We were still in high school when this came out, right? Oh my God, I feel so old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking yesterday as I was watching him like 20 years ago. But what happened is when it first came out, I didn't understand. I was a different person then. I didn't care about that stuff. I'm like, that movie's too dark. It's too sci-fi. I don't want anything to do with it. the last two weeks though there's this been this reoccurrence of this movie has been coming up whether it's in a podcast i'm listening to a book i'm reading it's either a direct reference or they're Mm -hmm. talking about the matrix Mm -hmm. or it's something that has to do with the same storyline of the matrix is being brought up and so i'm like all right i get it i need to watch the movie Mm -hmm. so yesterday i watched it for the first time in like a decade just me by myself and like it was amazing like I said I'm such a different person that I I, why didn't I like this movie when I was was you weren't ready to get you weren't ready for the for the the deep stuff yeah and so it was really cool to watch it and I did get what I needed to get from it and it was another just awesome thing to to go through as simple as it is right but it was yeah well you know life (laughs) what's simple what's not who knows (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh that's very cool yeah yeah now i have an idea for another podcast dang it stop it stop it stop it i've got enough to do right many ideas so my potion this week (laughs) the curse of the creatorist exactly oh my potion this week so not that i'm a beer drinker but my potion is a fortifying flagon of ale when it's dark and rich and earthy with a touch of apple mm, that sounds good and i don't drink <laughs> ale either actually sound really good or beer because just i feel so centered this week that i've had some profound shifts and it's not been like explosions it's just been really deep settling into the earth I feel so centered and all of the things I'm doing the decisions I'm making the way I'm approaching my work 
and relationships and self-inquiry mm-hmm. is just really grounded with a deep, deep understanding of what my why is. And that's not to say that my why won't change. The reasons we do, I do things have changed my whole life, will change for the rest of my life. It's how we live our lives. It's just the natural thing that happens because we're not, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. And so the why, the reason I do things will naturally change, but that's okay. I don't feel like I need to grasp onto a particular way of being. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that my reasons for things change. It doesn't mean I'm changeable. It doesn't mean I'm fickle. It doesn't mean I can't stick to something. It feels really grounded and powerful. Like I understand why I'm doing this thing right now. Mm-hmm. I understand the purpose and that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first time I've tried to talk about it, like really talk about it. Mm-hmm. So do you feel comfortable sharing what this why is um, on here? It's not that I don't feel comfortable. It's that I haven't. It's, it's good that you ask that question because I just haven't found the way to express it yet. So the work I'm doing, I'm starting to get more into teaching, um, teaching specifically therapeutic guided mas- uh, meditation, massage. I talk massage did massage for a long long time but moving into you know the journeying that i do the guided meditations that i have done for you know decades two decades so i'm I'm starting to teach that Mm -hmm. and um, i'm having more classes more often like live online gatherings where i take people through a journey and so i'm going to start teaching people how to do what i do and because i have so much going on Like, you know how much I've got going on. You know how much I've got going on. It's like all of a sudden, there are certain projects in the Goddess Kindled Universe that are coalescing into the pillars. Mm -hmm. And everything else is starting to fall away. And I'm not trying to cling to every little thing, every little connection, every little contact, every little bit of advice, every little idea that I have. The curse of the creativist, as I said. Mm -hmm. Yep. I can feel these pillars around me that are the reasons why Mm -hmm. I started this business. I founded the company and I understand why it's a publishing company and why it's not a holistic therapies company. You know, I am a holistic therapist. That's something that I do Mm -hmm. and have done for a really long time. I'm very good at it. I'm a life coach, I'm a, I'm a body worker, I'm a, all of these things that I do. But I founded a publishing company because I am a publisher. I put creations out into the world for people to understand themselves better. And I do that from the place of having all of this wisdom and knowledge. And I feel okay saying that out loud now. And mm-hmm. that's what I mean about knowing what my why is. I understand where I am. I'm okay with knowing what I know and I'm comfortable with sharing that openly with whoever comes across my path that is interested. Yeah. I don't feel like it's boasting. I don't feel like it's showing off. I don't feel like I'm trying to sell anybody. And they have been my big fears all for such a long time. You know, since I was a young, young teenager, my Mm -hmm. very cool cousins 
and it was like, don't be a big note. That was like the worst thing that you could possibly be. Do not, don't be a big note. It means don't show off, you know? Yeah. And so I've had that for such a long time and combined that with not feeling incredibly supported about in doing the creative things that I wanted to do and the alternative therapies path career that I wanted to take. I've never been very supported in that. And now I am. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in this really safe, grounded space that I've been able to explore all this stuff, discover exactly why I do it and really acknowledge how much shit I really know. And the fact that I'm pretty, I'm a pretty freaking good teacher. Like I, I I communicate well, I, I'm comfortable talking to people. Although it appears not so much today. I just had a coughing fit. God, I gotta do it again. Okay. Take a break if you need to take a break. Maybe it's the universe telling me it's time to shut up about all the shit that I know and I want to share. (laughs) No, 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 no. Well, I can add to this, like saying that everything listening to you, you can feel like it's so natural for you to just say it as it is and it makes sense. And it's like you can feel and hear the groundedness in everything that you're saying, you know? And I think it's important. Like I get that whole being afraid to like sell or or be that person to be feeling like you have to sell people, which is exactly why I stopped doing what I was doing because it felt just like that and so it is I think first you need to figure out exactly what it is because when you find it it's not going to at all feel like you're selling anything people are just going to come to you and it's going to happen and I think that's exactly where you're at right now and so that's the magic of it and you know it's just a awesome and yeah beautiful thing so yeah, so, wow. <clears throat> so I'm having, my throat's been kind of acting up. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost like a, oh, it's like a hot, rough throat. Like, I would be getting uh, sick, but I'm not sick. And I feel like my voice is deeper. <laughs> it's trying to be deeper. <laughs> so I'm not oh. sure what that's all about, but, you know, there we go. The throat, the throat is the place of expression, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And I did, um, I have been doing a bit of energy work on my throat. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not such a big surprise after all. <laughs> so like uh-huh. I'll, 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 I'll keep drinking my ale <laughs> yeah. and let you do the it's clearing. You're clearing yeah. the gunk out. I am. I'm <laughs> totally, I, I was, I went to, oh, it was part of a meditation today. And the um, person who was guiding it went up through the chakras and each chakra was like a fan mm-hmm. spinning and just spinning off all of the, 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 uh, the grot and the debris and the like, till it was this beautiful glowing spinning <clears throat> fan of light. Yeah. And my mm. throat was a really different color to the color that I usually see when I'm looking at my throat chakra. So if I'm looking at my light body, it's usually quite a deep blue, but this is like a vibrant, almost electric blue. It was really interesting. So <clears throat> there we Changes. go. Changes right into the happening. Room, straight away. <laughs> yeah. So, 
so there we go so i'm going to stop talking now if that's at all sure. possible <laughs> yeah yeah let's give your voice a break and i'll go into garyan's view we can talk about oh. this after great off you go all right so chapter 16 i think this one was like a super light chapter which we'll get into but to sum it up um we see at the beginning garyan he's like mending from his little I don't know if it was little, but his bore <laughs> incidents. The bore incident. So he's, um, you know, getting visited by the kings and the queens that are around, and he's feeling very pampered and enjoying his day until Wolf and Aunt Pole kind of bring him down very quickly <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, and then we move right into the next day, and... Um, since they're holding another meeting and even Dernick is invited this time. So Garen's literally like left out. Um, he decides to just wander around uh, like he does. And um, he finds some tracks, starts following them because he senses there's something dangerous going on and finds the man in the green cloak and figures out this guy is like eavesdropping on the meeting from where he's at you can hear the the meeting happening so he, he overhears everything too and then he finally decides at the end of this chapter he's gonna tell somebody everything he knows and he decides to go see Beric for that yep end of chapter so it was a really short chapter but it was really um i think it had a good like amount of suspense yep Mm -hmm. I agree. I love the start where Garion's in bed and he's all mm -hmm. laid up because of the boar. Yeah. All of his injuries. And I just, the picture that I have in my head of, of uh, Paul's face <clears throat> during this whole thing, <laughs> like I just see her sitting there and is she, is she, is she sewing? She often sits and just stitches like men's. I didn't she, catch it. That she was sewing. Yeah, she's sewing by the fire. She often does that. That's one of the things she does. Mm -hmm. And I just see her there, like with this really calm, placid face, stitching away while all of the kings and queens come in and visit and pet and pamper and ooh and ah and tell Gary and how courageous he is. And, and then right at the end, Mr. Wolf comes in. <laughs> Mm -hmm. at the end of the day the last visitor of the day comes in and he's so like just like oh yeah good day and yes yes it's all very splendid yeah why didn't you get out of the road that kind of would make sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's really contradicting everything that all the others have just filled gary in with yeah i just in my head, Art Paul's like sitting there, like suppressing a grin, like you do when you're a mum, and you shouldn't be smiling at something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, while 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 basically Mr. Wolf takes Gary and writes down, tells him he's basically a bit of an idiot <laughs> for not getting yeah. out of the way. Asks yeah. up, <clears throat> and there might be some stuff in here, some references that you didn't quite understand. So. Do let me know, but Mr. Wolf says, Garion, you've been behaving quite horrendish lately. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the Arons are the ones who, the very warlike people are the ones that, that are on the tapestries and in all the armour. Okay. Notoriously ready to fight, to jump into a fight. Mm -hmm. 
And Mr. Wolf asks, Aunt Paul, you sure you didn't drop him on his head when he was a baby? Yeah. yeah. That's the moment her smile finally breaks free. Yeah, she can't hold it back anymore. Um, but she still doesn't say anything. So Mr. Wolf is just kind of like, all right, I'm going to go. See you later. And try to think about what I said. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so good. Uh, Paul's like, thanks for visiting father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the little unspoken agreements that adults have about the behavior yeah. of their children. <laughs> right, exactly. But then moving into the moment after Mr. Wolf has left, like, mm-hmm. you know, Aunt Paul is like her typical self for a bit here, I think. But, you know, Gary Ann's, you know, saying, he just spoiled my day. <laughs> like, what a <laughs> jerk. And, and she, but she's really kind of loving here in her, in her yeah. Yeah. The way she responds to him. You know, which usually she seems to come at him really stern and like with a lot of sarcasm. Mm-hmm but she seems to have dropped all that. Maybe it has to do with the fact that he was injured so badly. Yeah, he could really have been killed. Mm -hmm. And so that's in her mind of like, wow, you know, I I need to rethink some things maybe. And maybe there is in the back of, you know, just this this subtle shift into treating him more as a reasonable adult who can listen to, you know, reasonable words like it's well, well and good to be brave. Mm-hmm. My Gary, it's like she's really beautiful. It's a beautiful, very intimate scene. You know, after they get all past all the ruffled feathers, Garion's out of joint nose, and the fact that he's a bit pouty and says, "I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat." Mm-hmm. And Aunt Paul's like, "Oh, I better mix you a tonic then." <laughs> yeah, and he changes his mind right <laughs> very quickly. But you know, and then she she falls. All of that sort of bullshit falls away. And she's just really serious, you know. It's all well and good to be brave, but you just have to start thinking before you act. Yeah, um, and, and that's the embrace that she gives him, I think, is uh, says a lot of where she's at right now, that she's not the one that, that seems yeah. like that kind of a, lover, a loving mother figure in that way, um, but she doesn't care at this point, like lets her guard down and just embraces him and... Um, yeah, it does seem like, you know, she's she's trying to, you know, be stoic through all of this stuff, maybe because she has such a bigger understanding of what's going on or what might happen next. Yeah, so that was just a really nice scene between it them. It's different than what we usually see. And I think the the way that she treated him was much more effective and cracked through all of his rubbish. Yeah, because we see him. Than anything else she could have done. Yeah. Because he even in his like thought process acknowledges that even though they're not related by blood, that they can still be, you know. Yeah. yeah, And that made him feel a lot better about the whole situation since he discovered who she was, right? So I guess it it is showing an increasing level of maturity in Gary. Mm -hmm. Where in the same moment he can have this little tantrum-y kind of thing. And in the next moment, be shifted into something that's a much more mature kind of mindset. Yeah, I think so. So that's okay. And then we get to the next day and he goes to the, he's still a bit achy. And he heads off to the main hall with Dernick. This is when the Earl of Saline 
comes up and asks Dernick to join them in the meeting chamber and Dernick's, you know, a bit surprised. Mm -hmm. So they just invite Dernick in and he goes, basically they, they just take him away pretty quickly. And so Gary is sitting alone, wounded by being excluded. And, yeah. you know, and this is where he actually, or it's actually stated that his self-esteem is very tender at this age, you know. He like sulks away and decides he wants to go visit his boar. <laughs> yeah, because at least the boar took him seriously. <laughs> yeah. But when he gets in there and he's looking at it, he's like, this doesn't seem as big as I thought it was. And he almost yeah. feels a little bit yeah. even more defeated at that point. Because like, wow, This is like I'm, one of my favorite lines in the whole series. <laughs> Yeah, so he's gone into the cooling room, which has mm -hmm. got ice and all the meats hung there. And the text goes, One could, however, spend only so much time in the company of a dead pig without becoming depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's, I don't see how you can be around anything dead and not become depressed <laughs> so it didn't seem nearly as impressive and the tusks didn't were big but they didn't seem quite so dreadful and he was getting stiff so off he went yeah and this is where we get like a little touch on Beric that he's like I, I would go and visit Beric except he's not answering his door for anyone not even his yeah so this wife, is this so. is um, an important story point which will get fleshed out yeah, I think we just know, reminding us what happened to him. Obviously, it's really, really bothering him at some deep, deep level. He doesn't even want to see anybody. Yeah. So the so. end of the last chapter was Art Pole acknowledging that it had something had happened and him mm -hmm. leaving Garion's room and Garion falling into unconsciousness on the night that he was injured. So this is the next mention of him. You know, he's locked himself away and he's not even seeing his wife. Right. So Garion moves on and, and goes around through... Uh, other parts of the castle right the yeah. second floor corridors of the ruin yeah so this is such a um it conjures up such a great picture like mm -hmm. like some kind of ancient labyrinth with, with some walls fallen down and some roofs open to the elements and yeah like an like a like an ancient ruin but a ruin that is still inhabited in some parts i know it's just like randomly throughout the, the roofs caved in. So there's snow all over the ground. And, and it's there that Garion notices like the footprints in the, in the snow. Mm, mm. So it's a, a something, like a, a corridor totally abandoned as its roof had fallen in centuries ago. So the, the okay, he so. finds the, the footprints and he thinks, uh, first of all, that they might be his, but then he sees that they're so much bigger than his feet and he decides yeah. to follow them. Yeah, because instantly the, the green cloaked man and Ashrak, the fact that Ashrak, the Murgo, is somewhere here that mm -hmm. he's like, uh, and whoever this flaxen haired man is, I still can't figure out who he's supposed to be. Yeah, it, when I first mm -hmm. read this, I'm not surprised that it feels a bit weird. Like the, almost every time I read it, I go, oh yeah, that's just, he, he seems weird. Like he doesn't quite fit in the story, but. He's important to the story, like maybe it's, you know, I don't know, some sort of plot device, but the flaxen-haired nobleman. So the three, the three bad guys that we have in this part of the story are the man in the green cloak, Ashrak the Murgo, and the flaxen-haired nobleman. And they're the three who met in the woods. 
Right. Yeah. And the flaxen haired nobleman was telling the man in the green cloak that he needed to get close enough to hear what everyone was talking about. And he was relieved to know that there was a boy in the party. So mm-hmm. yeah, Garion's important there somehow, but the importance was that Ashrak the Mergo wanted to know that Garion was there. Mm-hmm. So Garion feels inclined, of course, to follow these footsteps, see where they're going, if he can find who they're for. <clears throat> but then the <laughs> snow, the snow like ends and it's, it's, you know, under a roofed part of the castle now that yeah. he's trying to track this guy. Oh, but the, there's a part here. He's, he feels, he feels um, a little bit naked with his little tiny dagger. So he goes back into one of the rooms and pulls his ancient rusty sword off the wall. That's right. <laughs> Extra dangerous because it's rusty. <laughs> you don't want to get stuck with the rusty sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then he has trouble like following the tracks in the dust, but he sees the movement and in, in the green cloak, right? The flicker of green. Mm. So he's like, I know who it is now. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of just following him, trying to be really sneaky. He seems to be pretty good at being stealthy in the dark and Especially not being considering seen. he's just finished grunting and groaning and sweating because his ribs are aching and he had to crouch down and to look at the floor really closely. <laughs> the dust was disturbed and now he's turned into this little kitty paws creature able to yeah. scout along with you know in the shadows that is funny i didn't even think of it that way but yeah it's almost like a 180 <laughs> shift or he's like but that, <laughs> but that's so like that's so true of someone who's completely caught up in an adventure mm-hmm. or for me anyway and i think that's doubly mm-hmm. true for a young person yeah as soon as he senses the you know, there's, oh, there's something actually going on. I, I got to get on my game. You can easily, I guess, flip the switch on that and, and become what you need to be. Mm-hmm. In that Absolutely. Moment. Absolutely. And so, and so he almost um, runs into the guy in the green cloak. He, that's how close he gets to him. The only thing that stops him is that he hears the Earl, he hears the Earl of Celine mm-hmm. really loudly and, and it stops him just in time and he can yeah. go find a little hidey hole yeah that part threw me off at first because i'm like hold on the the green cloak guy is talking to the earl of Celine, right <laughs> yeah. and i think that was on purpose yeah and then and then you hear belgrath's name and you're like no belgrath wouldn't be talking to the guy in the green cloak no and then you realize oh they're just overhearing the conversation yeah so i mean you can imagine these big corridors you know big cracks it's nothing sealed if you got in the right position around the room that they were all having the meeting in you could hear easily mm-hmm. so that's what they're doing then garyan and the man in the green cloak are eavesdropping on this conversation yep which you probably have better details about but it okay, seems like well, they're yep you tell me what your impression of it was and i will gather myself and hopefully not have another coughing fit <laughs> sounds good they're talking about this person they're following and you know obviously the orb which is what i assume this person's carrying and that they're trying to decide if he's this person is going to use this weapon for himself or to awaken the enemy Mm -hmm. and silk has his opinion on all of that he's the one that thinks that he might use the thing for himself and it just seems like they're kind of in disagreement on what he's actually why he actually stole it so who do you think the enemy is 
when they say they awaken the enemy. He's referred to, the, the, the enemy is referred to a couple of different ways here. The enemy, I think there's also uh, the accursed one. Mm-hmm. I, that, I forgot the name of the proper name, but it's and, the... Um, also, um, I can't remember, but who do, you, who do you think they're referring to? Oh, I'm blanking the name. <laughs> it starts with a T. Oh, okay, Torak. So you... Torak. Yeah, so they're talking about Torak. So looking at that, knowing that, mm-hmm. and then, you know, listening to them have this conversation, they're talking about a god. Yeah. So, you know, they're talking about the possibility of the apostate who has this, has stolen this power and might keep it for himself, but might deliver it up to Torak or might deliver it up to the Grollum high priest so that he can awaken the god of the Angrax. So the apostate is uh asherak is that right no no so asherak and this person that's got the orb is two different people they are okay it's good so so and we know that because i'm not giving away any spoilers we know that because asherak is there in valalorn somewhere Mm -hmm. the person they're following is not in valalorn that is the person that has the thing that belgareth can follow the trail mm-hmm. of, and that's where they were going to. They just picked up the trail and they were heading, heading to keep following the trail when they got pulled to Valalorn. So I guess at this point, we don't know if it's Asherak. If Ash, I suppose Asherak could be the, because he was, he was in that other place as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So he's been, following the, he's been following them along the whole, so he's been pretty close the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, if he had the thing that they were looking for, Belgarath would have picked it up. He would have sensed it, I imagine. Yeah, he would have been too close to it. So if this apostate was Asherak, and Asherak had the power that has been stolen, mm-hmm. it would have been close enough for Belgarath to pick it up. Yeah. And he didn't, so that's, that's my logic to say that Asherak is not the apostate. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because that's the first time the term apostate has been used, right? Mm, yeah, so it just means... Because before they weren't referring to him as, in a proper term. Well, they, haven't, they haven't ever said his name. Right. And the reason that they gave for not saying his name was because he could pick it out. He could hear it across distance because he's some kind of... Mm, he has some kind of power. Hang on, I'm just, I'm just Googling because we can do that i have a computer in front of me mm-hmm. tippy tap 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 so an apostate is a person who renounces a religious or political belief or principle so the fact that was it belgarath that calls him the apostate yeah it is okay so there seems to be some sort of personal thing going on there. the apostate who's renounced so oh, okay so maybe he's 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 calling him that because he is no longer a servant of Torak. Maybe he turned away from Torak and wants this thing for himself, and that's why he's not going to deliver it up to the Grolem High Priest. Yeah. It looks like it's actually Cho Hag that calls him the apostate first. Ah, interesting. Cho Hag's a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. So 
that's probably because that's how he views him, right? He views him as the, no, he's doing this all for himself. He's not going to take it to toll. That's exactly, oh, of course, that's exactly why Chahag says it. He's got the power in his hands now. Right. Oh, and mm-hmm. he's, he's questioning, he's questioning Belgrath to, to know if it's possible that he could awaken Torak. And Musul says, yes, the power is there, <clears throat> but he might be afraid to use it. That's how powerful this thing is. You know, if it's not used properly, even, even when Torak used it, it split the earth and it burned his face off. So, you know, yeah. I, I guess you've got to yeah. be pretty powerful to use it. If that's what it does to a god, you'd, a normal, uh, like a normal old sorcerer would have to be pretty fucking scared to pick it up and start wielding it. Yeah. Yeah. And even Silk is under the impression. He thinks that this guy's going to use it for himself mm. to, to raise himself as king in the lands of the Angrax, is what he uh, says. I mean, it seems like uh, Belgarath might be in his own opinion that he's actually taking it to somebody else. Okay. So everyone else thinks that, that he'll keep it for himself. Garrett and Belgara thinks he's going to take it to the Grolem high priest. Yeah, because then the other king, King An- Anheg, says... King Anheg. So he's, Anheg? The, he's the Cherik king. Okay, so he's, he says, but no matter what, whether it's the apostate or the accursed one, who eventually raises that power, the Angrax will follow and they all come west. That's so. true. He does say that. So, and then they start talking about war starting mm-hmm. because the um, Angrax will follow whoever has this power. And they talk about, you know, should should they inform the Tulnedrans or the Orgos? And they decide that no, they don't want to do that yet because Art Pol and Belgara say that they need to move across those countries and they don't want the countries mobilizing for war because it'll just mm-hmm. get in their way. Yeah. And so they'll talk to, you know, the people, the emperor of Tolnedra and the Arans, the king and the queen, you know, when they get there so that they're not impeded in their journey. And then what do you think about the way that King Fulrak talks about the war and Jernik's response? Yeah, so King Fulrak is the king of Sindaria. Yeah. And he goes into his concerns that Sindaria is going to be the place they're going to hit first to use it as like a, a camp out, you know, and destroy everyone in Sindaria first and that they're just farmers and tradesmen. So they'll easily be defeated. Mm-hmm. Dernick kind of opposes that and, and not even in any no, way or anything. He's I just love, kind of I like, love the way he's just so, he's, he stands up and just stands in that really simple, solid, Um, Mm -hmm. honesty you know that respectful kind of honesty that he has about him all the time yeah he's very much like the ned stark of this story i think ned stark are you talking about you're talking about song of ice and fire again yeah don't no more spoilers you oh i'm not spoiling anything that was in season one okay well i'm just saying i'm just saying i might i might read it if the dude doesn't die Okay, sounds good. I will keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, oh, no, but God. I just mean like the honesty yeah. of this character is is that's Ned Stark. He's just such an honest person. Like you can't ever really be mad at him because he's just being honest and he's always respectful mm-hmm. about it. And that's how Dernick is. And 
I think though that he kind of the king though King Falrak almost seems like whiplashed by himself in that like wow have I really been a king that long that I've forgotten what it's like he, yeah. he does it beautifully though he he's just he becomes humble and he acknowledges you know his i don't know undervaluing his own people he, he completely acknowledges it mm-hmm. yeah that says a lot about him as a king too i think so and so the point the point was you know that the <clears throat> they're remembering the last battle the last final battle was in front of vomimbra which is where all the people in the armor like the knights on the horses that's their city and um, they won't make the same mistake again they'll fall on Sundaria first and so Dernick says you know we can burn all the food won't be much left if we burn it mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then um Chohag's son Heta <laughs> what he says about the about <laughs> okay you go yeah he brings up the fact that there's only a few passes leading into Sindaria, and if they time a few avalanches just right, <laughs> they can not only you know block passage into it, but they could probably actually trap the Ingrax mm-hmm. in these you know passages, and then they can't go anywhere. And the very, the very, very clever turn of phrase that Silk has. Um, he suggests that Dernick can put his incendiary impulses to a better use and burn some mangoes instead. <laughs> <laughs> instead of turnips. You know, since Torak likes the smell of burning flesh so much, let's light them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they all thought that was very good. Yeah. And then this is when it's, you know, Garion's interrupted because somebody's approaching him and he needs to hide. Yeah, so so um, he sort of just falls back he, back into the shadows. He doesn't actually move. It sounds like like he's pretty close to the guy in the green cloak mm-hmm. uh, because he sort of just has time to pull back. And the only reason he's not spotted is because the guy in the green cloak is running away from the approaching footsteps and looking over his shoulder away from mm-hmm. Garion as he runs past Garion. So. so he manages to stay hidden and nobody finds him. So this is, though, when he's had, you know, he's overheard all of this and he's had such a close call, I think, with the man in the green cloak seeing him. He's like, finally, I, I, I need to tell somebody about this. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who, of <coughs> power who people will listen to when he mm-hmm. tells them, you know. Yeah, and he decides on Barrack. But, I mean, it's, it's probably, it's not just the fact that I think he almost got caught by the, the man in the green cloak, but what he's overheard like that's going to be blowing his fucking mind yeah right that's a big part of it and i think he's starting to feel the real danger that's so close that it's not far off in the distance anymore it's like right on their doorstep like they're heading right into it so and that's the end of the chapter so he's just he decides to go and get barrack and he heads he he he's walking towards barrack's chamber and that's the end of the chapter right good chapter yeah so i'm so sorry if that chops if it feels like it's chopping in and out because i keep pausing because i'm coughing my freaking lungs out no you can't tell honestly on okay. our end. Good, good. so you can be just edit those parts and now i'm gonna cough that's okay so but when i pause hang on i'm gonna pause as well
They were both coughing. Sorry, I'm transmitting coughing across the world via the internet. Yeah. No, you're doing it. Um, but the, the, like when I'm paused, like I mute my microphone so that I can cough and splutter and I can't hear what you're saying. So when I come back on, I'm like, I'll just nod and like do, do the audio equivalent of smile and nod, you know, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what you said. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, hopefully the conversation sounds like fairly normal one. That's fine. Yeah. It's, so you pause it, but it still records what I'm saying or not? Oh yeah. It's still record. Oh, I just had a total panic because I looked up at the display and I saw the pause and, and the stop button and like, Oh fuck! Don't tell me that we've just done the whole thing and it's not recording. But it says recording, and the little red light is blinking. So, yeah, mine has the recording on there. Okay, okay. <sighs> Dang it! I won't do that again. I know. I know. We'll see. We'll see if we have to. We have to. We'll yeah, but again. it's so weird. Like before I, every chapter, before we get on, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. What the hell am I going to say? And we managed to fill up a whole hour. So what do mm. I know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we got it covered. We, we always find something to talk about. Yes, we're just chatterboxes. Know all so, the things. Mm-hmm. Magic. So magic, magic. Magic for you is what? So the magic for me. <coughs> My throat. <laughs> so I've gone for the big magic this time. The power, this thing that's been stolen in the apostate's hands and uh, the possibility that he might revive the accursed one. So the, just the, the possibility that this power, that this dude's stolen, can resurrect a god. That's pretty big magic. And I just thought I'd pick that one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely some big magic. But I'm so curious yeah. about yours because I'm just looking at the note that you made. I'm like, oh, I like it, but I want to know more. <laughs> no, I just felt um, when the scene was being described with Gary and walking through these corridors and then some of the, you know, roofs, the roofs are collapsed and the walls and there's like thick snow fallen on the ground in some places. Like I just got this really awesome visual and it seemed like such a magical scene like again, I think I was reminded of there's one shot in Game of Thrones where in the in King's Landing, like in the throne room, the roof has caved in and the snow is falling to the ground and you see the throne and it just kind of took me back there. Um and also almost like a lion witch in the wardrobe kind of feel with like the you know, oh, yes. how the snow is sometimes indoors. That's such a great that's such a great yeah. Oh, just that whole like walking didn't you and when you were young like did you did you know the story when you were young did you ever climb into your wardrobe or like just kind of maybe hope out of the in the back of your mind I wonder if there's actually something back here I totally did well I didn't have a wardrobe unfortunately I just had a normal closet and mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't do it in my closet but you know, I, I did a lot of other stuff that was similar though to imagining like entering this place that was a whole other world yeah. yeah so i get it but yeah that that stuff just felt like magic to me reading that little scene there that's why cool. i put it in <sighs> okay personal insight a bit of real life relating now 
Mm-hmm. Yep. So when he's exploring, again with the exploring, when I was little, we lived in the bush and next door to our house was another house which was originally where my nana and her mum and dad, my great nana and great pop lived. And the house had been abandoned for a really long time. Like I can remember my nana, my great nana cook was like 96 or something when she, when she died. But I like, she was ancient when I knew her Mm -hmm. ancient, ancient. Um, you know, paper soft, fine skin. And she was just, she was kind of amazing. But this house, like we, uh, so I would go exploring by myself. Like I probably shouldn't have, but that's just the life we had. Like we would just go off and go exploring, go wandering yeah. and mm-hmm. had all this space. <clears throat> you know, it's not like we had a house right next door. This, we just lived, we lived in the bush. Yeah. And I can remember looking through the windows at all of this deb, like this, this, you know, memories of old and another life, like old shoes, a random old shoe, like old style, kind of heeled boot, little tiny women's boot, you know, on the floor, and all this other stuff. And I can remember, um, I, I, I've been trying to remember whether I actually got into the house because I really tried. <laughs> Or whether I didn't and like thinking about it now it's so silly because like snakes and stuff out there but oh so like and I wonder if it's still there I bet it is I bet it is all still there yeah untouched nobody's gone in there yet yep yeah that's that's a pretty cool experience especially as a child to be able whether you get in or not just the imagination that comes with that yeah right that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mine's kind of similar mm. because it's from the same like part of Gary and exploring. And I just remember like having to wait a lot when I was younger for my, usually it was for my mom or she had appointments or stuff like back then it was when Weight, weight Watchers was really big here. Yep. And like yep. you had to actually go in and attend for an hour or something. And she would let me and my cousin, cause he was kind of like my brother growing up at the time. Uh, he was with us a lot because his mom was raising him alone and she was working and so we watched him a lot and so it would just be us like hanging out outside this building and you know there was these really tall bushes that we could crawl under (laughs) and so we would literally be crawling through like pretending that we were I don't know on on the hunt for something or on the run or whatever it was and there's just kind of like the same thing yeah imagining using your imagination when you're bored back then when you were bored there was yeah. no electronics and you yeah. had to literally use your imagination yeah. to entertain yourself yeah. so I, I and of course our, our kids won't know what that's like like they, don't, they won't miss it because they won't know what they're missing but yeah like they'll, miss have, it. they'll have other adventures in other ways yeah I miss it sometimes like watching them how they're growing up makes me miss it for them I think Um, but I mean I still do stuff like that like my girlfriend and I go 
I don't go out very as often as I could, but she goes out into the bush all the time and she takes all the deer trails and she goes off the beaten path, off the beaten track. She's taught me how to um, shape shift and become invisible in the mm. middle of the forest when there are other people walking by. And so we still, we still play, we still do all those things. Yeah. It's just now we appreciate the power in it. And yeah. it's not just, it, it's still fun, but it's not just fun, you know? Right. It, it feels more real than yeah. just imaginary. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Awesome. <sighs> okay, I'm going to cough again. Friggity frack. It's just one of those days. Oh, yeah. all, that, all this throat work. Yeah, I really? Think, oh. Once you get through it, I think you're going to feel this like, immense clearing like nothing else (laughs) i hope so oh i wonder if it's because i have the book i chose for prophecy speaks today i wonder if that sort of contravenes all of that stuff i was saying about my potion and feeling really grounded and being okay about just putting myself out there now (laughs) (laughs) yes all your book Uh Uh, it's all coming together for you it's all falling into place and yeah this book I think was a lot to do with it for you uh you know what my throat feels better all of a sudden not completely better but ah holy shit radio so prophecy (laughs) speaks What is your book, Sandra? Uh, the book I'm using this week for Prophecy Speaks is Embodying Earth, <clears throat> Embodying Earth by Sandra Ann Turnbull. <laughs> <laughs> and who might that be? <laughs> well, that would be your podcast partner, <laughs> the amazing and talented. <laughs> yeah. The one and only. So I have in my hands the proof copy of the paperback. I saw you do the opening. Oh, it looks yeah. really awesome. It looks, I'm so happy with it. So I did a little bit of tweaking um, to the cover, actually. The interior looks beautiful. Did a little bit of tweaking of the cover. And that's off now doing all of its final approvals. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so the next time you hear me talk about it, it will be for sale. Yay. At a super, super special release price lowest that I can put it for everyone okay so I'm going to ask about this throat thing about this this leveling up this shifting this shedding this seems to be happening and just a little bit of direction um, with that would be great kicking off our shoes is the thing we do only after walking through the front door after a long day at work at school, at wherever the busy place you were. Even the time we take to go into the forest or park is spent shod by sturdy hiking boots or rubber-soled sneakers. Being permanently insulated from the power source that regulates and calibrates the equipment that supports our lives isn't logical. It's no wonder there are parts of us that feel like they're short-circuiting all the time. They are. (laughs) (laughs) there is an intimate embrace awaiting your presence 
The earth herself constantly bears all for you. She holds nothing back and if you take the time to listen, she'll tell you all her secrets. Answer any question you ask. Accept your deepest pain and transform it into wisdom. <clears throat> yeah, it's been a really long time since I was barefoot on the earth, actually. Mm. So maybe this is the short circuit that I just need to really get out there and plug back in and release. Yeah, seems like it for sure. <sighs> nice. So there you go. It's nice. And get the healing that you need. Yep. Okay. Okay, what are you reading from this week? I literally just went to my bookshelf. I'm like, hmm, what seems like it's calling out to me? And then as soon as I had that thought, my eyes landed on this book because I pulled it out. Mm -hmm. It's On Writing by Stephen King. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was actually, you know, because of all the writing I've been refocusing on, this is an ideal book for me right now. Mm -hmm. My intention, I think, hmm. For, you know, restarting my podcast that's kind of all aligning with my path now as purely as an author, as a novelist. And I guess the intention for that is, I don't know, I don't even want to ask, am I really on the right path? Because then that's like... Why don't you want to ask that? I don't know, because then I feel like I'm not believing no, no, you can ask whatever you want. You're telling me that you, it feels like you're not believing when you're asking a question and then opening a book to get an answer. That's not believing. Okay. Okay. Um, so you couldn't all see my face there, but I had an incredulous look on my face. <laughs> okay. So yeah, if I, this is really and truly the right path that I'm finally feeling because I feel the flow. Uh -huh. So is it, oh, my dog smells. Is it the <laughs> the right path? She just came over and like, wow, Oof. what is that going on? Um, okay, so here it is. Talent renders the whole idea of rehearsal meaningless. When you find something at which you are talented, you do it, whatever it is, until your fingers bleed or your eyes are ready to fall out of your head. <laughs> Even when no one is listening or reading or watching, every outing is a bravura performance because you as the creator are happy, perhaps even ecstatic. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's so fucking perfect. It totally is. That's, yeah. I'm just going to put explicit on this episode because I've been swearing my freaking head off. That is exactly an answer right there. Yes. The answer is yes, you are. The answer is yes, you are. <laughs> That's very cool. Okay. I want to reread that book. I love that book. That's, That's another book I haven't read. It's so good. Because he's like, he's all about the, like how I'm always talking about very openly, like writing your own life into your fiction. Mm-hmm. He like literally goes from the beginning of his writing career and explains how like everything he went through went into his books really oh yeah. i'm much more inspired to read it now yeah it's so good and he's so open about like his drug addiction and when his oh, marriage was wow. almost falling apart to divorce <clears throat> okay his time as a father and how that was a struggle oh so. now i do want to read it yeah it's awesome cool. all right
my prediction. Thing? <laughs> <laughs> What's the next oh. thing we do? I'm like, oh, I have no idea. I'm just, my brain's been yeah. to pieces. Almost done. Okay. Almost done. <laughs> okay. So last week, my prediction was that Gary Ann was going to tell someone about Barrick, like what he saw, like the Barrick was shifting into a bear, and that we would learn why Barrick is this way and how it's tied to his doom. So that was way off. Yep, we didn't do that at all. No, no. So give us your um, prediction for this week. This <clears throat> week I put that because Garyan is about to go talk to Beric, I think that they're going to exchange because Garyan's going to be giving him some real honesty. I think that Beric might open up a bit and give him, Garyan, some honesty mm-hmm. about what's going on with him. And that finally some action is going to be taken against this man in the green cloak because Garyan's going to be like, hey, there's this dude. You guys need to do something. Okay, so we shall see how accurate you are next week. Yep. <clears throat> Hashtag shit. I didn't. Coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Coughing okay. won't stop me. Coughing won't stop me. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <clears throat> okay. Darling, darling listeners, thank you so much. If you're still here at the end of the show, please head over to social media and use the hashtag coughing won't stop me um, to talk about this episode specifically or just to say hey and we'd really love it if you uh take the take the dare take the chance and do your own piece of prophecy share your experience with us uh head over to the if you go to uh the the website belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com You'll find all of the ways to connect with us there, but we're also on Instagram. That's where Alicia likes to hang out. She collates our gallery over there. And that's at Bill at Belgariad and Beyond on Instagram. And also on Facebook. If you search up Belgariad and Beyond on Facebook, you'll find our Facebook page. And we still don't have a hundred member, like a hundred likes, but as soon as we get to a hundred likes. I'm going to create a private group where we can geek out all over the place about all the things. And that's very exciting. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. But it's not happening until I get a hundred people like the page. We're so close guys. Like I think we have 88 or 89 people. Yeah. It's been sitting there for ages. I tell your friends, people tell your friends how cool this is. I get to go with the Facebook page and freaking like it. Mm-hmm. Yes, what else? Oh, do the um, review thing. You do. You say that thing. Yeah, on iTunes. You know, you can leave a review. You can even just click how many stars. You don't even have to write anything and just submit that, and it'll help boost us up mm-hmm. the more. You know, four or five star mm-hmm. reviews or ratings that we can get. It'll help other people. F- find our podcast and if you love it and you're here listening to us chatter about where to find us and how to love us then you really love us so go and review us and and you can review every episode just saying really yep i didn't know that there you go a little tip i always just do it once for each podcast you can do it for every episode of the podcast if you know you are so inclined. 
I wonder what that would do. Maybe we'll suddenly be the best and brightest on iTunes and everyone <laughs> will follow us and we'll be famous. Yeah, that's the goal. No, that'll be fun. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. No, it's really not. <laughs> this no, is we are out. here purely for our love of oh, storytelling and fiction this, and each other. Oh, this is so much fun. Love you. <laughs> Yes. Have an amazing week, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Okay. That's us. Cool. <coughs> oh, bloody hell. <laughs>